Just last week, the World Wide Fund for Nature published a report warning about increasing deforestation in Brazilian biomes. According to the organization, the Amazon rainforest has already lost 20% of its original expanse. The devastation of the Cerrado, a savanna-like biome which covers almost a quarter of Brazil, reaches about 50%. Still, allies of President-elect Jair Bolsonaro believe that there's room for more legal deforestation. Bolsonaro himself has promised to pull Brazil from the Paris Accord on Climate Change, a statement he has recently recanted. Even so, international organizations have shown deep concerns about Brazil's environmental policies moving forward. To discuss the environmental challenges facing Brazil's soon-to-be president, today we're speaking with Gustavo Faleiros, coordinator of the organization Info Amazonia, a network of organizations and journalists which deliver updates from the nine countries of the Amazon rainforest. Gustavo, uh, President-elect Jair Bolsonaro said he would merge the ministries of the environment and of agriculture into one, with preference given to the latter. He has backpedaled on that statement, but said his future minister of the environment, quote, won't be a radical, end quote. What should we expect from the next government in terms of environmental policies? We know about the commitment of the new elected president with the agricultural sector, which is being, has been uh, demanding uh, weakening on environmental law. And we have proofs that a uh, recent change in environmental law has caused more uh, deforestation. So the same group that is now supporting uh, Jair Bolsonaro, with, which we know as uh, ruralistas, which means more or less the rural caucuses of the, of the Congress, has uh, changed the forest code of the country in 2012, and after that, deforestation starts to increase again. So the recent interview from a scholar of the University of Campinas has pointed out, for example, an increase of up to 75% of deforestation in the Amazon. At the same time, there's a lot of demand for new uh, land in the Sabana area, uh, the Cerrado, and that's where the really the big uh, soy production, production and, and, and cattle ranching is happening in Brazil. And I don't see any uh, any measures announced by Bolsonaro to stop the deforestation of Cerrado, which actually is higher than the deforestation in the Amazon right now. So I don't see us having a, a very strong environmental policy in the next uh, few years in Brazil. And the idea of merging the two ministries definitely not good. It's definitely not uh, worth pursuing. I'm, I'm happy to know that he's uh, reviewing this, but if if he, in the end, decides to merge the two, um, the two departments, the two areas, I don't think it will work. I don't think they, they actually overlap. They're totally different. They have totally different responsibilities. Yeah, especially because uh, the Ministry of Agriculture does not handle only things related to agribusiness, but also energy, industry, infrastructure. Uh, but Bolsonaro is not the only person who wants looser, loosen, to loosen up environmental laws. Uh, Minas Gerais governor-elect Romeu Zema is another one who says he will uh, pull environmental, local environmental agencies from policing companies and industries. 
Do you think environmental laws are as strict as they should be? They could be even stricter? Or uh, do you think that these politicians uh, are right in trying to uh, diminish the roles of environmental agencies in Brazil? I don't think that the environmental law and environmental enforcement is stricter at all in Brazil. I think they're just fair. The, the law, the environmental law in Brazil, is inspired by the laws uh, from the United States. Um, so we have water quality control, air pollution, our environmental uh, policy. The, the national environmental law It's actually approved only in the 80s. So it's fairly recent. And, uh, and it's not being properly enforced, indeed. So one example of this is that only 3% of the federal environmental crimes are punished. I mean, the fines from IBAMA, which is our environmental agency, are not paid. Only 3% are paid. On the state level, also, we don't have strong environmental departments. We don't have strong environmental impact assessment in, in state level. And, and one, one proof of this is what we call the forest uh, management plans, which are the permits to take timber supposedly in a sustainable way from the forest. So these processes were all decentralized. They were all centralized by the government a few years ago, and now they're run by the state. And this is a complete mess. All the illegal deforestation that we are seeing is because these permits are not properly enforced or not properly reviewed, and they're, they are now given without much standards being followed. So I, I, I don't think it's strict. And one of the main problems of these agencies, both at state and federal level, is the horrible financial crisis they are facing. Uh, I mean, most states are indebted, and uh, environmental budgets are the first ones to get cuts. For instance, IBAMA, the Brazilian Environmental Agency, has shut down 70 of its 140 offices across the country. They have only 300 people analyzing almost 3,000 demands for environmental permits, and that's only at the federal level. So that creates a bottleneck that is both environmental and uh, economic. Uh, is there a light at the end of the tunnel here? Well, I think that the, the right decision would be uh, to support those environmental servants and, and the departments and, and, and bodies that do the enforcement on environmental law. It, it's totally, you're totally right. All the, uh, the environmental departments, the state-level departments are underfunded and, and the federal, federal agencies as well. We know that for years the Ministry of the Environment has been one of the lowest budgets in, in, in Brasilia, and that's been for years. We know as well that IBAMA has a large number, hundreds of, of agents that will retire very soon, I think next year if I'm not wrong, but there's no any process to hire more or to bring more agents uh, to the agents. So even if the Ministry of the Environment is not distinguished or merged with another ministry, the process of strangling this killing by slowly killing this this, this ministry is actually happening. So I think that the only thing that we can hope is that um, the new president, the new government, and, and the new governors recognize the important role that environmental agents have on regulating air pollution, water pollution, environmental quality for the population, and starts putting money on it. 
So if you think politically, the only issue which concerns, for example, now the Communist Party in China is the environment. People really take this as a political issue, as something that bothers them to the point that they're they're uh, facing a, an authoritarian regime to complain. I can see this happening in Brazil. I'm not saying that we're necessarily facing an authoritarian regime, but if people start to having environmental issues, not having environmental quality, why not uh, supporting these agencies? That's my point. And uh, let's talk about practical consequences on humans. If we continue to lose Amazon coverage, if we continue to lose our savanna, what will be the main consequences for us humans? And uh, also, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned we risk not having Brazil nuts anymore, for instance? Yeah, so there's a lot of, of evidence, scientific evidence of this major systematic change, really, will affect us even if we're not close to the forest or, uh, or the savanna. One very good example, it was the drought in Sao Paulo in 2016, right? So we spent months without water in Sao Paulo or with the threat of staying totally without water. We, we had to make a, a scheme to save water. But one of the scientific explanations was the, the connection between the south part of the continent with the Amazon. With less trees, there's less moisture and there's less moisture in the air, less rain, and then less rain in the south. So there, there are consistent scientific studies pointing to this to this direction. Although science can always be uh, discussed and debated, so this is one of the issues: the lack of water. It's it's clear in both cases, both the Amazon and, and Cerrado. If we really end up with the forest or diminish the forest and the vegetation, we basically diminishing our water supplies. That's really straightforward. And, and so we, we have a situation that most cities in, in close to Brasilia, for example, doesn't have uh, safe water supplies. And we keep taking savanna vegetation out. So it doesn't make any sense. Well, if we don't have water, we also threatening our food production. So the soybeans get arranging all the on, on on the hydrological uh, cycle of, of the Amazon of Cerrado. But in a very indirect way, we're talking about also about the degradation of this environment. So we sometimes look at just at the forestation, which is the slash and burn of the forest, but there's the process of degradation, which is taking out trees selectively or hunting. And one good example of this is Brazil nuts. Over the years, there's so much harvesting of Brazil nuts. There, there are studies and one study is in, in special from Professor Carlos Perez of the University of East Anglia that shows that the high production of Brazil nuts for exports, for example, uh, doesn't allow new trees of Brazil nuts to grow because the, the, these are very slow growing trees and they need um, an animal to eat the seeds and then to distribute, to disperse these seeds. Uh, in other areas to have new trees. And that's not happening because there's no seeds on the ground. All of them are collected to be sold everywhere. Well, one other major issue when we talk about environmental 
uh, questions in Brazil regards indigenous land. Uh, it has sparked a lot of conflicts, especially in the north part of Brazil. And uh, throughout his campaign, President-elect Jair Bolsonaro said that he will no longer give land for indigenous communities. Uh, he said that that creates essentially uh, areas that the state is just not present, that the Brazilian law is not uh, enforced. Uh, I, w I wanted to ask you if you could briefly uh, explain how this works in terms of how uh, does the state decides which indigenous or which traditional slave communities known as quilombolas get land and uh, having a state that says we will no longer give this land to them what are the implications of that? As in the US and many other countries protected areas, indigenous lands and special territories uh, made by decree, like the president signed the decree after having a study from one of his, of his or her departments and, and signed a decree saying, like, now I declare this land, it's owned by this or that tribe. Um, and that has been in Brazil one of the reasons why we have so large amounts of territory uh, designated uh, to be owned by indigenous uh uh, tribes and and also by the slave uh, descendants, as well as protected areas. Uh, the problem is like the Congress for years, but decades, I would say, has been trying to change this. They want this responsibility for them. They, I want to say, those who oppose this special areas, these special territories. So it's, there was a famous congressman uh, called Moacir Micheleto, which is now deceased. He died a few years ago. But many of the of the years he spent in Congress, his main cause was changing the the, the constitutional uh, right of the president to create indigenous territory. But so far, the Congress didn't manage to change, uh, haven't managed to change this law. But might happen in this new era of Brazil. If this really happens, if we stop having indigenous people's protection or um, a dedicated police for new territories, for slave descendants and other special territories as protected areas, I imagine we will have a worsening of the, of the conflicts, environmental conflicts and land conflicts in the most remote areas or the areas of frontier in Brazil, especially uh, Cerrado and, uh, and, and the Amazon. And this is really clear when you look at the data and you realize that Brazil is the most violent country regarding environmental conflicts. Global Witness, a uh, British NGO, has been doing reports over the past three years about death, environmental defenders. And in all their reports, Brazil is number one. Brazil is the country in the world which kills more environmentalists. Uh, uh, 71 just in 2017. No, and by the way, Brazil had uh, 57 deaths of uh, environmental activists, and Latin America has 60% of all this kind of death in the world. We have this pattern of land conflict in Latin America, and it happens also here in Brazil, and worsening. Indigenous people uh, are also victims of this in a larger database from a church uh, study center 
which been looking the violence against indigenous people over the years. They recorded more than a thousand indigenous peoples killed in the last 35 years. We at the Infomazonia, we uh, visualized this data on a map. That was the number that we got more than a thousand, a thousand and seventeen up to last year killed in various conflicts. But it's concerning that violence is so present in these areas of frontier where there's agricultural uh, production, but also deforestation and dispute for land. So it's very concerning that the new government is not backstepping on the threats I see as threats to the minorities in, in the rural areas. I think this is really dangerous. We're talking about also possibly allowing landowners to own guns, changing the legislation to allow landowners to legally have guns to protect themselves. And transform uh, landless movements into terrorist organizations. Yeah, that seems to be a priority. I, I don't see how this will be, do, will be doing any good To, to the country and, and, and for, the, for the peace of the country. So I think we should look at no, not only more security, which is, seems to be a priority on, on the speeches of the new president, but talking about actually reaching some form of peace. That's what is lacking more, more in, in, in this area, in the Amazon, for example. It's, it's clear that In the areas that are more deforestation, there's more violence. There's a study by an NGO called Amazon, which actually proved that, published in Science Magazine, that cities, municipalities, which had the highest deforestation rate are the ones that are, have more crimes years later or the worst income. So they become impoverished and more violent with deforestation. It's a totally unsustainable model of development. Defending this as a, a public policy or like a government priority, it seems totally unreasonable to me. Well, the future looks grim, but uh, Gustavo, thank you very much for joining us this podcast. And I hope to have you back after Jair Bolsonaro takes office so we can pick up where we are left in, leaving this conversation and see uh, which kind of policy that he promised he will actually implement. Thank you very much, Gustavo. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. And I'm, I'm hoping for the best. It would be a, a pleasure to be here again. If you like this podcast, please take a look at our website. It's Brazilian.report. Every day we have new content about Brazil's politics, economics, and society. We also have exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed on what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now to our free trial and enjoy all of our content for 14 days. It's really for free. You don't have to put any credit card information. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week. Mm -hmm.